Hey there, this is John, and I want to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You don't even have to do anything. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. You are now entering Armbar Audio. Welcome, Brandon, the founder of Global Syndicate Wrestling. Brandon, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it is our pleasure. So, uh, Inception looks to be a very good event. We have uh, a lot of uh, names we know and some names we don't know, which is interesting. Do you want to go down the up the card? Sure. I'd be more than happy to. Um, so our opening match is uh, Michael Elgin and Wrecking Ball Ligurski. Uh, that's just, you know, one of those awesome matches where it's just going to be two powerhouse dudes just beating the shit out of each other the whole time. Um, then we go on to, uh, what was it? Um, Richard Holiday. Holiday. And Jake Christ, yeah, which, you know, Holiday's pretty big in MLW. Uh, Jake Christ, well-known in Impact and the X Division. So a lot of people have said they think that's going to be one of the sleeper match of the nights. I think it's going to be crazy fun, a nice pace, and just an all-around good match. Uh, we have Gabby Ortiz and Vicious Vicky, which they are in the tri-state area. They're pretty well-known. They've had a bunch of matches against each other, and they always deliver. So we're excited to see what they do under the GSW um, banner. We have the triple threat between Ricky Reyes, Smiley, and Gio Galvano. And Ricky's traveled the world over. Uh, phenomenal talent. Yeah. Been in underground um smiley fantastic uh luchador and geo galvano is another local talent around here that we've seen at a few other shows he was on a couple of uh, impact explosions i think so he's just starting to make a name for himself and i think he's got a bright future in the in the company as well then we move on to the two co-main events. First is Deanna Perrazzo and now Trisha Dora, who is replacing Shaw Guerrero, who was not able to make the show, which, I mean, that's just a classic match. And Trish uh, has that 60-minute Ironman match coming up soon. So, I mean, she's blown up on the indie scene right now. Deanna needs no introduction. She's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world right now. Yeah. And then the Great. main event... Um, <clears throat> Alexander Hammerstone versus Austin Aries, who replaced Joe Doering for the GSW World Championship, which that is just going to be phenomenal. You have one of the the all-time greats in Austin Aries going up against one of the up-and-coming Golden Gaijin uh, future greats, uh, Hammerstone, and what's I can't wait for that match. I agree. Uh, Austin Aries can rub some people the wrong way, but when it comes to uh, being inside the ropes, there's not many who can touch him. Uh, same with Michael Elgin. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that main event because Hammerstone yeah. is uh, – his future is super bright. 
Super. I agree. Um, so, Brandon, what uh, what brought about Global Syndicate Wrestling? Well, Global Syndicate Wrestling was uh, originally I wanted to create a wrestling company right after I graduated high school. Um, originally, I at the time, let's see, it was 2012, I was watching a lot of Dragon Gate USA. I was watching a lot of Evolve and Chikara at that time. And yeah. there was one guy who was getting his foot in the door. His name was Johnny Gargano. Ended up, I was like, this kid's going to be the future. My first main event, I would do Johnny Gargano versus Mike Quackenbush. It would be a freaking banger. And I, that would be my future star, it would be Gargano. And then it, it was really nice to see that years later, uh, he went on to be something great in NXT and he's doing really well. Um, but at the time when I started actually crunching numbers and what little pennies I had saved up in the piggy bank, there just wasn't enough to rub together to make a show happen. So I ended up going down a, a path into film production. And then years later, I'm like, well, you know, film production would help me run a wrestling company. My old buddy, who's a uh, somebody that I trained with when I was wrestling, he and I both looked at each other one day and we're just like, yeah, why don't we start a company? Okay, let's do it. And here we are. That's awesome, man. That's so awesome. <clears throat> so um, when you're when, when you're starting a new independent wrestling company, what really goes into that? What's uh what's like the the list of stuff that needs to happen for a show to happen? I don't even know if we have enough time to go down that list. I, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I first thought of it, I'm like, oh, you know, you get the wrestlers, hey, you get the production team, hey, you rent the venue, hey, you're good to go. And then I'm like, oh, man. As I'm going through, it's like, all right, then we need to coordinate. All right, we want the ropes to be this color. All right, we want the entrance ramp to look like this. Okay, we need these lights. Okay, who's going to do those lights? All right, now we need to get the production crew. All right, well, we're going to live stream. So now I need to get the a live stream team together to work with the production crew. Thankfully, all the production stuff I do regularly. So I have my team that was easy to get uh, handling the, the talent and going through and then coordinating the show. Uh, the, the venue, we had a venue change. We had two wrestlers that uh, were not able to make the show. So then finding new people somewhat last minute. Um, the venue change was a little tough, but it ended up working out better for us now that we're at Monster Factory. Um, you know, going through, figuring out if you're going to find a venue that has insurance, if you need insurance, the ring rentals. Uh, then the promotion side of things, trying to get the, the word out there so everybody knows that the show's happening. Um, it, should, it ended up being a lot more than we originally were thinking it was going to be, but it ended up being an awesome experience regardless. Right. Um, how, how did you, uh, how did you manage to get your first show on fight? That's that to me, that's kind of a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, it was literally, I just sent an email to, uh, the contact over at fight Keith and he responded and said, this is what you need, what we need to get it on there. And you're good to go. Awesome. That's awesome. cool. That's really cool. So you, uh, talked about film production, uh, where, what got you into that route and where did you go? Believe it or not, wrestling got me into film production. I, uh, when I was in high school, I, you know, I was training in wrestling since I was 14. At this point, I'm around 16 years old. And a buddy of mine in high school was like, hey, you know, I make like stupid short films for YouTube or whatever. Do you want to come on and just beat us up? Because, you, you know, you're a weightlifter, you're a wrestler. Like, just come on and we'll sell your punch like The Rock taking a stunner or something. Yeah. And, uh, 
so that's what we did. We did like a faking somebody getting hit by a car. We did like a little fight scene. Like it was the cheesiest, dumbest looking thing you could ever imagine. It was a blast. So then a week later I bought a camera and I'm like, all right, let me start doing like little fight scenes for YouTube hand choreography. And then uh, as that went on, I did maybe 10 or 20 of those. And then finally I'm like, well, maybe I want to start telling a story. And then a master's degree later and a bunch of teaching and films under my belt. Here I am. That's awesome. A master's degree is a lot of time and a lot of money. Uh, yeah. So, so good <laughs> on you. So um, I read that uh, you were uh, offering uh, free acting classes to your roster. Mm -hmm. I find that awesome because uh, a lot, a lot of young talent that that could be a crucial, crucial thing for them. Yeah. One of the things I thought was missing from wrestling training, in my opinion, uh, when I went through it and what I've heard from other people and what I've seen from people who graduated is when they teach you to cut a promo, it's like, all right, go out there and say who, what, when, where, why and how. OK, and then they go out there. Well, I'm going to be here at this day doing this at this time and I'm going to win. And I'm like, all right. But nobody teaches them how to do it believably and in character. Right. And that can only be achieved, I think, through acting classes. And, you know, from working in the film industry, I know a lot of acting instructors. I've taken a lot of acting classes and I got uh, my old acting teacher, Debbie Schwartz, who's a phenomenal theater um, director, actress, and instruct, uh, teacher of acting. So we got her. We started off in January. We did two classes. And then uh, as of February, we just did our third class, uh, February 10th. And then now it's going to be once a month until we start making a little more money. Nice. Uh, now, with this first card, uh, obviously, there's a lot of outside names that are uh, uh, have been associated with or are associated with other promotions. Um, there are some names there that are just indie talent. Do, are you looking to make GSW shows big names of all indie talent, kind of like we see from Chicago, Chicago promotion AAW, or are you looking to make a core roster with outsiders coming in? Well, one thing I could say is that just about everybody on our roster we have signed for the year. So we're looking what? at basically 90% of the names that you see on that card, you will see on almost all of our shows. You know, So we are looking to create a core roster, but we're looking to create a core ro uh, roster with people that we can keep long term. Uh, I don't like booking, you know, one-off dream matches all the time. You know, it's cool once in a while, but I don't want to have like, you know, most of the people that are on the card just show up and then we never hear from them again. I want them to be involved, you know, whether we're creating stables or factions or we're creating just, you know, storylines one-on-one. I don't think you can have a, a, a really great product unless you have talent that's there for the long haul. Agreed. Um, so what first got you into wrestling? You mentioned Evolve and Dragon Gate USA, but I believe I read somewhere that uh, you were a very big fan of the King's Road style. Mm -hmm. 
So originally I got into wrestling, just flipping through channels one day, 11 year old kid. And I stumbled across the um, Batista and Triple H segment when they were doing the brand split. I think that was the thumbs down promo. Yeah. Uh, and that was literally the first thing I ever saw from wrestling. And I was like, all right, I'd like to see these guys fight. So I'm watching, I'm watching, I see the match and I'm just hooked from that point. After that, uh, I start, I found Shawn Michaels. Then that he became my favorite wrestler of all time. And then uh, I don't remember how I discovered uh, Japanese wrestling, but I know the first match I ever saw was Kobashi and Akiyama from uh, Noah in 2004. And that was it. Then I started a rabbit hole. I barely watched any American wrestling after that. It was just no <laughs> Japan, all Japan. And just that uh, King's Road, you know, four pillars of heaven, the Misawa, the Kobashi, the Akiyama, the, well, I'm sorry, the Kawada and the Toy and the half Akiyama. Um, that was my favorite style of wrestling. And then also modern day Noah, like the Shiazaki and um, the Super match that happened. That was fantastic. I'll tell you, uh, I um, we do a top 10 matches of every month at the at the beginning of each month for the last month. And we started this last year. And as we continued, it was just more pure puro. It was yeah. more Joshi. And I love that stuff. And I, I, I'm similar to you. I, I watched wrestling as a child. And then when I got to high school, I stopped watching. Then I got back into it because I heard about Benoit dying. And mm -hmm. me, me and my friends started reminiscing about him and other old wrestlers. And soon we were watching old wrestling. Then we were watching new wrestling. And then I came upon like Ring of Honor. And mm -hmm. I, f I find Brian Danielson and I'm going through all this stuff and I'm seeing all these Japanese wrestlers. Now, when I was young, I loved one of my favorites was Ultimo Dragon, but it mm -hmm. didn't really correlate to like, go, go find Japanese wrestling. Cause I was a kid, <laughs> right. but uh, the first match that got me in the pro was from Dragon Gate USA, uh, okay. Brian Danielson against Shingo. Oh, that was such a good match. And, oh, God. <laughs> and, and then I saw Naruki Doi against uh, Davey Richards, I believe. Oh, good. And then I was just like on that website doing like the three, three DVDs for 50 bucks and all that. And I was right. just like, just give me more. Just get, give me more <laughs> of all of this. And um, But yeah, when you start watching Puro, it's – it's almost frightening that you may not watch Western re wrestling again. Yeah, it really is. Did you guys watch the, uh, the Noah show overnight? Uh, I haven't watched yet, but um, well, last week um, I'm sure I will, but I'm very happy for Muda. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he's in that echelon of three people now. But uh, there is a lot of there is a lot of backlash because of Shiazaki's run, but I feel like Shiazaki's run spoke for itself. Uh, I think people would have been upset no matter who took the title off of him. Um, they wanted, I think, a lot of people wanted Kiyomiya to be the one to take it off of him mm -hmm. to make him a future star, but 
why it, it makes a lot of sense to have Muda, Mudo be the one to give it to him uh, because it, it's a it's a bigger I, I, in my eyes it's a bigger deal. Um, Shiozaki's run though, um, him and Nakajima, him and Segura, uh, just unfucking un- un- real man, like un unreal. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's a. Uh, don't know where I was going, but <laughs> did you go? Uh, did you see any of the Dragon Gate USA shows live? Uh, I did not. Uh, I believe they were supposed to come around here when I was training in wrestling, but um, I think they got canceled, and soon thereafter, mm-hmm. it ended. Yeah, I saw the the original. The what was it? Open the historic gate. I think was the original show. I saw that one with Doi and Shingo, not in person, but live. And then I was there for, I think it was Mercury Rising uh, with the big six man tag. I was there live for that. I saw the Evolve Ibushi and Richards live. I was front row for that, which was crazy. Us. That's, uh, that's I was wild. Big- fan yeah uh, i caught up with shingo um during the show one day you know back in the day before we went to new japan and just wrecked house um no that it was great and then the uh, new japan came over for an east coast tour in 2011 and i got to see two out of the three shows they did so i met uh tanahashi i met nakamura and they wrestled in the main event of the third show in the old ecw arena and it was, was that um like for the the intercontinental title tournament where MVP was in, I don't think he was there for that. No, okay. I think that when they went to Florida, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, this was uh, New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. They did back in 2011, and it was a fantastic tour. Actually, do I have the? Maybe not. I was going to see if I had the book with all the autographs in it. <laughs> so, speak. Going off of what we're talking about. Who are like your top five uh, Puro wrestlers? And you could even include Gaijin. Um, I, I mean, the obvious number one for me would be Misawa. Uh, there's no way I could say anything other than Misawa for number one. Um, Akiyama's up there. Even to this day, the dude's still clean in house. Um, I love how, how he's adapted his style as he's gotten older. Uh, Shiazaki. Tanahashi and probably Nakamura would be my yeah. my top. Not Shingo got me into Puro, but Nakamura, um, like Wrestle Kingdom Nine, just really oh, cha- changed me because <laughs> um, it was the first one that you could get live pay per view. Right. Yeah, uh, his entrance and that match with Ibushi, <clears throat> man, I had. Um, uh, he's actually he's blown up since then uh on instagram his name's hal haney art i believe he mm-hmm. just got a job doing doing something with toys i think for wwe yeah but um i had him make a uh, portrait of abushi like getting to a standing position and nakamura coming off the top Kneeing him in the back of the head. Oh, that's and nice. it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, that Baumier in the back of the head was a killer. Yeah, the whole match. Yeah, you're gonna have to send him a. You're gonna have to send him a, a photo when you get home. Yeah, yeah send me a picture. I love to see that. I was I was actually at Wrestle Kingdom last year. Uh, the Wrestle Kingdom. What was that? Thirteen or four? That's awesome. Yeah, I it think was it was fourteen. Yeah, fourteen was last year. Days. 
and that was uh what was that it was uh okada and ibushi and then mm-hmm. okada yeah and- it was the four matches the gold yeah. dash or whatever such those absolutely just destroyed this year's wrestle kingdom i i was so disappointed with the main events this this year really yeah I, I wasn't a fan that there was no, to me, it needed to make it more monumental. Like the quality of the matches were great uh, and the actual matches themselves, but I didn't feel like they had a main event in my opinion. I didn't think Naito, White, Ibushi, I didn't think that they were the guy to beat and get the threshold. Cause to me, it's still Okada, the guy. And if you want to pass the torch to somebody, it has to be passed from the guy to the next guy. And Naito, right. to me, even though I love Naito and I think he's a great worker, to me, I never see him as anything more than upper mid card. He's the guy you could throw the belt on if you need to because somebody's injured or they're not there, but he can't be like the ace, so to speak. So if it wasn't like Tanahashi or Okada, I just didn't see it as like really having that monumental impact. Although hmm. I was really happy with Ibushi winning. Yeah, I could understand that way of thought, uh, but I, I could I could debate you a bit um, because seeing the crowds in Japan all the time with the Lij gear uh, mm-hmm. and um, uh, like like I I see where you're coming from with Naito, but Naito defeated Okada to get both titles, so that was kind of the torch passing. So, whatever. It was no, awesome. I, I totally get where you're coming from. Who, what was your be- favorite match from both nights? Uh, the uh, best match on night one was Okada and Osprey. That The storytelling in that match was one of the best I've ever seen about how he had to reawaken the Rainmaker out of him. That was fantastic. Right. And then Shingo and Cobb. My yes. God, did they Shingo and Cobb. Yeah, Shingo and Cobb was our number one for January. Yeah. Yeah. We actually uh we've been in talk with Cobb about doing some dates with us. Hell so yeah. Maybe we may be seeing him in the near future. No guarantees yet. We haven't signed right. anything, but it's it's been a conversation with him. And we've also been talking with all Japan about doing a talent exchange when they when the COVID restrictions loosen up. That would be fantastic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because all Japan is has been on my radar as well lately. Yeah. Uh, Suwama and, and his boys and Miyahara. And, you know, there's a guy that isn't, I don't think is in any promotion, but he shows up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Masato Tanaka, that guy is <laughs> unreal. And, 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 like, when you look at older Japanese wrestlers, I don't know what it is, but they <laughs> they can fucking go until they're dead. Yeah. But but over here it's like, you know, Chris Jericho may have a little bit of a gut on him and everybody goes nuts. And it's right. just like, dude. Do but you-, you look at like Jericho, he's slowing down a lot. You look at uh, Kurt Angle, he was, you know, atrophied like this. He couldn't get his arms up. He could wrestle like six minutes before, you know, towards the end of his career, which, of course, it's because of all the broken necks. I understand that. Do you think but, it uh, has to do with the schedule? Well, uh, uh, to give you a for instance behind the scenes, 
we signed with a company called Fight Club, and they are um, like the world's number one uh, international distributor of fight content. So they're working on getting us television deals in other countries. And I was speaking to her and she actually said to me, if you want to have the most marketability, you shouldn't have more than six to 12 shows a year. Otherwise, right. networks like unless you're the WWE or something, networks don't want you, um, you know, so yeah. if you have weekly shows and you're a smaller company, it's damn near impossible to get you on television slots. So I also think, you know, in that same vein, yeah, reduced schedule is going to make you last longer. But I don't I don't know because you can compare it. Angle and Jericho with someone like Christopher Daniels, who never had the WWE schedule. And still can hit his stuff very well. I think is I I think currently is better now than he was in his most recent uh, TNA or Impact run. Well, that's because of booking. Well, yeah, that's because booking. But you know, I always like I'll put Sugira up there. Like the dude's fifty or fifty-one or something, and he's wrestling like a thirty-five-year-old going fifty-something minutes ago. Yeah, Suzuki too. It's crazy. Yeah, Suzuki's another one. Him and Shingo, oh my God, did they have a killer. Uh, yeah, I could go all day on Japanese wrestling. But, I mean, even Ogawa is not bad. You have um, – who else is still going? Akiyama's 51. He's still going. It's like all these guys who are in their upper 40s to early to mid-50s. Even Moto, he, you know, he went, what, almost a half hour? Uh, against yeah, I think G- it was 23 minutes or something. And, you know, all right, he's a little older. He's closer to 60. He was still going out there taking bumps. It's like, all right, these guys can go. Um, when you look at, you know, Angle and Jericho, all right, when Jericho was in New Japan, he could go a little bit more. Maybe it has a little bit to do with booking, but they also forced him to be in a little bit better shape. When he went to AEW, he's yeah. like, all right, well, now I'm just going to drink the bubbly all the time and, uh, you know, just go out there and have 10-minute matches or whatever. Yeah, riding your bike and doing DDP yoga isn't going to get rid of that uh... – <laughs> <laughs> that extra weight but yeah. in that regard i'm not gonna say it's not entertaining i agree yeah i love jericho he's mm-hmm. he's my favorite best of all time man. greatest of all time in my eyes but that's because of his ability to reinvent himself so many times stay entertaining yeah, yeah. uh what were your favorite reinventions of jericho my favorite yeah, my favorite version of Jericho, and I think his peak is when he was in the suit. He yeah, the suit, had the short, short hair. hair and yeah. He used big words, and his rivalry with Shawn Michaels. Thank that, you. And we're that ladder match, uh, I believe, at No Mercy or yep. No Way Out. It has something with no in the beginning. <laughs> uh, that is so fucking good that was the best of his career when i saw that that was what hooked me on jericho was not like the older stuff like the 05 match against sean that was good yeah he ran himself and he came out and he's like you brainless troglodyte like whatever (laughs) and he'd just do that uh no country for old men like that's the inspiration he's like i would just slowly pan the audience when i come out there i'm like this fucking 
work. Right. It was perfect. And then the only other one that was nowhere near as good was when he did the painmaker thing in New Japan. Other than that, the, yeah. the other reinventions were—I mean, they're good in some regards, but they—they they didn't hold a candle to those two iterations, in my opinion. I, I liked. Uh, I also liked the iteration with Kevin Owens. Uh, yeah, and I—I I loved his WCW stuff. Like yeah. whenever I was little, I thought him coming out with Ralphus was hysterical and the stuff that he did with Goldberg was great. Yeah, I think I think Jerry one of Jericho's biggest strong points to me has always been comedy, in my mm. opinion. Mm. I think I think when he when he turns on the funny and combines it with how good of a wrestler he is, it creates magic. Mm. Yeah. Like I loved everything with Orange Cassidy. I loved the debate. I loved the the mimosa match. I love and people can say, oh, you, they did it in WWE. Be, it, you'd say it was stupid. And I, I I actually responded to somebody that said that because if WWE did it, it would be stupid. <laughs> That's it, true. Like <laughs> they don't understand. <laughs> they don't understand the difference. Like it's not going to be overbooked to hell. Like it would be there. <laughs> right. So um, going off of those things. <laughs> uh, so your your um, logo has been showing up on our on our shows a lot. Uh, and people probably want to know why. <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say that we're going to see the uh, armbar logo showing up on the GSW show as well. So, you know, we uh, one hand washes the other is the best way to say it. And we uh, we try to take care of each other. And that's pretty much uh, the only way that I could see it. You know, we believe in anybody who helps us. We want to help them. So same here. Same here. I do that. Same here. Um, So uh, when is uh, do you have any other shows planned for this year? Yeah, so we wanted to take like a, a fine wine approach, so to speak, when it comes to wrestling. You know, we had X amount of dollars that we budgeted for what we thought we were going to spend in a year. And we said, okay, we could either do like most indie sh- uh, companies and do one show every month. Then we'd have a pretty small budget for each show. Maybe we could get like a Hammerstone and a Christ and one or two other, you know, names. Or we could just do a quarterly show for big shows and have like massive banger cards like we have now. Oh, yeah. And we decided to go in that route. So we're doing four shows for the first year. Um, Yeah, February 20th, May 22nd, August 21st and November 20th. So once every quarter. And we are planning. We also have like a little developmental brand called High Voltage. And that's just with local talent. Um, And the first match uh, highlights aired last week on YouTube. And then we have uh, an 11-man elimination rumble to crown the the next-gen champion on that brand uh, that's coming out this upcoming Thursday. Hold on. Let me retake that. That's coming up. uh, When is this airing Friday on the 19th? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we had, and I'll redo the whole thing. So we have, we have one match, uh, the women's championship crowning four-way elimination that came out about a week and a half ago. And then the uh, 11 man battle Royal to crown the first ever next gen champion on the high voltage brand is coming or came out just yesterday. Fantastic. Uh, 
John, you have any uh, questions for him? Well, I did want to touch on something, and I don't want this to come across the wrong way. Um, what is your response to people that have a problem already because you've booked Michael Elgin and Austin Aries? I mean, the easiest response to that question is I go off of proof. You know, when yeah. I've gone and done a lot of research on anybody that we hire to make sure that there is no outstanding serious things that are in existence, to my knowledge, of course, I wasn't there, so I don't really know what happened, but there's no charges against either of these people. Uh, they are phenomenal talents in the ring, and I truly believe in any semblance of a justice system that you are innocent until proven guilty. And otherwise, you know, you don't have to watch the show if you truly believe that things that probably didn't happen happened. And otherwise, you know, most people, the response has been incredibly positive. So if I piss off two or three people, but I make 100 people happy, I'm happy. Exactly. Good shit, man. That's exactly what I say about a lot of companies. <laughs> yeah, today, today's uh, climate, especially with the with social media, it's not innocent until proven guilty. It's guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, and even I, then, you may still be guilty. Yeah, uh, and like <laughs> the whole um, is it's in the social media's eyes whether you're guilty. Exactly, or exactly. And problem. I think that. That's kind of what I was getting at. Um, it, it has to be difficult starting something like this in the social media age. Yeah. It, it's got to be really hard for things to not get out there for information a week. It's got to be near impossible. I agree 100%. I'm sure somebody's probably already hacked into my email a thousand times <laughs> And seeing a whole bunch of stuff that I don't want them to see. But, right. you know, the best thing we could do is just, you know, do our best to, you know, we switched over to like a more encrypted messaging app. So we don't have the, what the one that Elon was talking about, Signal, I think is the name of it. So we use that now, nice. like Facebook message. <laughs> so we're trying, you know, but there's, it's still at the end of the day, it's easy to hack in. I have a friend who's a computer science major and he used to just like, oh, you want to know how easy it is to hack into a Mac? I'm like, I thought you can hack into a Mac. And then he's putting porn on my computer in the middle of class. I'm like, you guys are kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, always, I always felt weird going into like a cafe and just seeing some dude watching that. And it's just yeah. like, you're in public, man. Oh, uh, this is an at-home activity, just, sir. Just <laughs> go buy a magazine. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so my last question would be is, so we heard uh, May – August, uh, November. November are the other shows. Um, who are some names, male and female, that you would like to book on, on one of those shows? Well, uh, depending on how the COVID restrictions go, like I said, we have the opportunity to do a talent exchange with All Japan. So the top two over there would be Suwama and Miyahara. Uh, we'd love to have them in there um, in some capacity. I'd love to be able to get Doering back depending on the COVID restrictions because that I was so damn excited about that match with him and Hammerstone. But, you know, like he said in the video he gave to us, he still wants to fight whether Hammer wins the title or not. So we'll make it happen um, whenever we can. 
anybody else that I could think of? Um, we really like uh, Kimberly. She's awesome. Allison K. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff Cobb. We were talking to him, so maybe. Uh, and MLW, Jacob Fatu is amazing. We'd love to get him. That's we, what I was yeah. looking for, yep. man. We just had Fatu on <laughs> that the show. Guy? Oh, you did? Yeah, we, we interviewed uh, um, him. and uh, We put that out early January. We, oh, nice. I talked to him on the phone beforehand, and he's a really hard guy to get a hold of. <laughs> like, really I, I don't know how much he has a grasp on technology, but like I was on the phone with him, and I could, if I wasn't at work at the time, I could have talked to him for like two hours. Then mm. we did the podcast, and as soon as we got off, we were he wanted to talk more, and then he kept saying, "Man, this is podcast shit. This is podcast. We should do another one. We should do." Another. I'm like. Yeah, we should, but it may take half of a year to get you back. So <laughs> I don't know, but like Jacob Fatu is a fantastic human being. He's a really good dude. Really good. Yeah. Dude. So I mean, that's a few. Um, otherwise, we would love to get some of the Sendai uh, talent. We'd love to work with. Um, any of the Joshi companies out in Japan, because that would be a huge influx. I think, isn't AEW doing something with a lot of Japanese talent now? Yeah, they're having the yeah. uh, Eliminator tournament, and half of it is happening in Japan. Hikaru Shida is helping produce that. Mm. Um, we're seeing some, we're seeing two big names from Tokyo Joshi Pro, Yuka Sakazaki and Maki Ito. And some other names that I've never heard of, probably from like Seedling or Ice Ribbon or something. Mm. Um, but yeah. But Ito is going to be phenomenal in that. Uh, yeah. So. I hope she goes all the way because she deserves yeah. she deserves to be an international star. So what are they doing then? Is it the you get to the the number one in Japan and the number one in the U.S. and then they fight somewhere? Yeah, I think that's yeah. where it's going. Yeah, and. Um, the American side has Riho because I guess she's in America. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, they're probably going to fight uh, I, maybe March 7th. Yeah. If they can get this done in time. Or maybe they'll have a special edition of Dynamite. Well, I know, I know that I think all of the Japanese half is happening on YouTube. Right. So well, will it all be, be released able... at one time? I don't know. We don't know that, right. but you know, but still it's something to look forward to. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's something I would definitely check out. That's awesome. Uh, last question. Uh, what have been um, some great things that have happened since you took on this endeavor and some maybe not so great things? I mean, just the experience in general, I would say, has been one of the best experiences. Getting to communicate with all of these people who have a large influence on any, you know, population in any regard has been phenomenal. Um, being able to produce these acting classes for the talent to start the Wrestler Relief Fund where we're trying to help wrestlers in need. All of those things have been a phenomenal experience. 
Um, some of the, the more, I guess, annoying side of things is seeing some of the backlash from some of the bookings that we get. Uh, you know, I really don't care at the end of the day, but still you get a pop-up notification on your phone. That's like, oh, these guys should be canceled. It's like, yeah, fuck you. (laughs) Come on, man. Yeah, uh, that just uh, every once in a while I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, I go fuck yourself or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> that happens. So, I, w- so I wake up every morning. That's <laughs> the mirror that I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, it has that the- happens to us too. Like, we get we we, we we get so many positive comments on stuff that we do, but then there's always one guy. Oh, yeah. You, but like that one guy makes you just hate the world. And you ignore all the rest of the positive. That you oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I think is a, a challenge that everybody has to try yeah. to on myself. <laughs> like, all right, you know what? I see about six <coughs> messages that are like, oh, great job. We can't believe you're doing it. We're so excited to see him. And then it's just that one. And then there's that one, but like that guy is the one that you want to turn. Like you want him to. <laughs> yep. And maybe we will. Who knows if they tune in to see the show. Let's see. So, Brandon, tomorrow night on Fight will be Inception. Uh, congratulations for getting this off the ground. I can't wait to watch it. Um, let the listeners and viewers know where to find Global Syndicate Wrestling. Sure. So, Fight TV tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, as uh, GSW Inception. For some reason, if you type in Global Syndicate Wrestling, it does not pop up. So, it's GSW yeah. Inception. On Fight TV, uh, gswpro.com is the website. Twitter is gsw underscore pro, and Instagram is gsw pro. Awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure, Brandon. Thank you for coming on. Um, John, you have anything? That's it for me. Awesome. Tim, John, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you.